everyone, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast. We are certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an update. Erica! <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to sing this. <laughs> what's happening? What's popping? What's new? How you feeling? Well, speaking of singing, I just want to just express how much fun I had yes. when you and I went to the R&B concert. Y'all, we went to an R&B concert. It was uh, Donald Jones, 702, Avant, Tyrese, and Genuine with his spine. He's still fine. He's still, still it was It was really good. I really love, like, R&B, especially, like, 90s R&B. First yes. of all, 702 only stayed on stage for seven minutes and two seconds. Yeah, we literally walked out there. They were like, thank you. I'm like, hold on, wait. And then Donnell Jones, he was tripping. I don't know what he was on. He sang about three and a half songs. And yeah. That, that wasn't enough. He struggled through them. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm not judging, but he struggled through them. But um, I really did enjoy Avant, Tyrese, yes. and um, Tyrese. Uh, yeah. They, that was, I just love R&B. Like, we had such a good time. I love R&B. Like, who is, like, your favorite, like, R&B artist or, like, a favorite R&B song that you have? Like, I know there are probably I a lot. I don't have a favorite song, but I listen to Avant a lot. And I yeah. listen to um, Jagged Edge and Drew Hill a lot. Yeah. As far as 90s R&B, I listen to Aaliyah. Yeah. I love her. Um, but that's really the, the real R&B music. Like, even at the concert, they could sing. Like, they, they sang, could sing, sing. They sounded exactly like they sounded um, yeah. on, on the, re- the actual record. So, yeah. I just love that. Yeah. The music is just, like, even Avant said, hey, you didn't hear me call nobody a B not one time in my music. He was like, this is real R&B. And yes. that's true. Music now is like, who is it? Jacquees talking about he the king of R&B? First of all, sir, sir. you need to stop doing covers of everybody <laughs> calling it your music. <laughs> if we being honest. And I, I like Jacquees. I, I do, do too. But he's, he's, you know he's going to be an essence. He is. Yes. Doing that little dance he be doing. <laughs> hey, we going to be singing there. right along. <laughs> Gonna be in that scene. What's that song you like that the way they sing? Uh, I I'm can't think saying, of it. Okay, I like Jack Weeks. I'm just. I do, but he ain't the king of R&B. He is not. Did you see that post he made of Tank? Well, he was, first of all, it was on the shade room, and he was like, I guess he was boxing, but he was, bo- y'all. Oh, I saw He that. was boxing <laughs> so weak. Talking about Tank, you gonna be the first one I take out. First of all, Tank looks like he could take you out with his pinky, so. I love Tank. He the- can sing, too. Oh, we saw him. Tank, listen, don't sleep on time. <laughs> I love him. He's one of underrated, underrated people to me. Yeah. His albums, oh my gosh, he's good. I just love like R&B. Like, listen, I'm just trying to say, fellas, if you listen, take your girl to an R&B concert. It will set you up yeah. real nice. Thank us later. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you. Yes. But it's just really good because I feel like they talk about like real love and real feelings like it just makes you feel good like yes. i was listening i was like Shep, you ain't got no man but you still feel you just feel yeah. good or it puts you in the mindset so when you did feel like that yeah i think that's the beautiful thing about r&b music yes because i just know well this is skipping a lot of steps but at my wedding reception <laughs> it's gonna be all 90s r&b mute mainly because that's just that feel good music yeah like you know mm-hmm. a random fact it's not about R&B, though. What? You know, back that ass up is like 20 years old. Yes. Wow. I was like six. When he came that, out. that song changed the game, like, for real. Listen, I just want to let you know, like, you ain't a real chick if when that song comes, um, you're not pushing people out the way trying to get to the dance floor. 
Listen, no, for real, I was in Jamaica with my friends one time, random story. And we, and you know, we in a foreign country, you got to buddy up. And so oh, I was yeah. like, hey, you know, I got to go bathroom. And so I kid you, halfway to the bathroom, <laughs> back that ass came on. And I told my friend, I said, hey, we going to have to hold it. <laughs> and I went back. And this is the petty part. My friend said, I was just looking for you because I knew you was coming through that crowd. And talking about five seconds later, here you come. <laughs> that is history for you. It is. That is, wow, 20 years, dang. Yeah, but I love that song, and you know who else I love? I love, like, Jodeci and yes. H-Town. Mm-hmm. I really be in my, and, like, singing, like, ooh, can't sing. <laughs> but I really be, like, when new I'm edition. cooking or something. Oh, my gosh, love new edition. Everybody, like, everybody in the 90s. Yeah. That was a group or And we've got a chance, like, we've got a chance to see new edition, but we didn't see Bobby Brown. Yeah. And I would just like to Baby say. Face. Listen, every time me and Erica go to these concerts, um, most of the time we be the youngest tenderonies in there. Yes. And I just want anybody that thinks young girls are bad and fast. These, <laughs> listen, I'm not making this up and I'm saying this with a straight face. Erica's laughing, but I'm serious. These aunties and mamas and grandmas be ready to risk it all on their kids and their men. Because <laughs> I done seen some questionable things. Yes. You looking at me like, ma'am, I don't want their old selves. Listen, yeah. I'm just here to have a good time, but you are here trying to risk your life with your belly out. <laughs> when your husband at home waiting for you to come home cooking <laughs> dinner and you over here chasing baby face. Listen. Around so, the Superdome. Random story. <laughs> so we <laughs> So we go to Essence Fest every year. <laughs> and y'all these I wanna be acting up. I'm not kidding you. Like we got stories for days, like so one day we got in this elevator to go back up to our room. <laughs> And we got in the elevator, y'all, and there was these older women in there, and they had stuff on that they wouldn't, that they didn't need to have on. That it just did not fit what they had. When I tell y'all, we all could not look at each other, y'all, because we was gonna bust out laughing. <laughs> and this woman had like this cutout outfit on us, and now listen, that they these aunties are not new to this. Okay, they true to this. They've been doing this since the nineties. They was out there <laughs> trying to chase uh. Uh, Morris just, ma'am, he does not want you. No. I think he is happy. I think he's good. Like, <laughs> like these aunties be, be ready to risk it all. So, I don't want to hear that young people are horrible and that they groupies and that they all this stuff. Because these aunties will push you out the way to get yes. to these men. And it's ridiculous. And it's fine because I will crawl my skinny ass through your legs and I will get there. <laughs> okay. Don't play me. Don't play me. Okay. Well, moving right along. <laughs> no, don't play show. You should crawl through your skinny, your skinny legs. Whatever you said. I really will. Um, dating and relationships. So I'm gonna ask you a true or false question. Okay. And you let me know why or why not. So, question: Do you believe that some men are intimidated by a successful woman? Why or why not? I think men know. I think boys yes. Okay. I think, um, here's the thing. I feel like if men are at a place, or boys or whatever, if men are at a place in their life where they're not at a good place mentally and emotionally and they're not secure in their selves, they're going to be intimidated by a woman. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. Um, there's nothing that I can do about you being intimidated by me and what I got to bring to the table. That's true. In my mind, I would think that if I'm successful, if I'm making the ba- if I'm making money, if I'm holding it down, if I got a good career, if I'm stable and you stable, I would think that you would be happy that I first of all I got something to bring to the table. Second of all, I'm not using you. I want you for you and not for what you got. 
and see, I can pull some weight for you so that you ain't got to pull everything and it's not you out here by yourself that we're a team. Yeah. I think sometimes for me, I think it gets tricky when you start getting involved with men that aren't securing themselves and they got these issues that they haven't dealt with or they ain't re- or they or they haven't really just dealt with a real chick. Yeah. So I do think there are some men that are intimidated by women, but that's something I ain't got time for. And I feel like it's hard for the successful woman. Yeah. Because it's like you want, of course you don't necessarily, well, I would feel like if it was me, I wouldn't care about like what you can do for me type of thing. Same. But if you are successful, let's say you at the top of your career, you making bank, you doing everything that you want to do, you living life. And you're with a man who's not necessarily at the top of his game and top of his career and living life and everything. And let's say he not necessarily intimidated by you, but as a successful woman that has all this in her bag. Yeah. Would you give that man a chance? You know? Yeah. It's like, and then there are successful men that necessarily aren't intimidated by another successful woman, but I think it may be, for some men, they just would rather have somebody that maybe stays home. But you're not out here, you know, getting your career going and all that. Your to bag. me, I want to be a power couple, okay? Listen, let's make like, this let's money. Let's build these bags together. Let's okay? create a legacy. Yeah. I, and so, I don't know. It could go so many different ways with this question. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think, and you let me know what you think. I think, I think it's so much easier for a man that is very successful to meet a woman than it is for a successful woman to meet a guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like, for me, like, me and my home, one of my homeboys, we got on this conversation one day. I don't know how me and my friends always get on my day in life. Apparently, people are concerned. Um, <laughs> Girl. Whatever. But we were talking, and my friend was like, Shelby, like, it's really going to take a special type of person to be with you. First of all, I'm going to let you know, I don't have everything all figured out. But what I do, but what I am is, I am very blessed. Like, I am able to, you know, pay my bills, to travel, to do some things that I want to do by the grace of God on my own, by my own. And I think sometimes, maybe some guys, you know, get off or take really good pleasure in being able to do those things for you. So when you take that away from them, like, they don't really see their value in what they're doing. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I know for me that sometimes... If I get to talking to somebody about, you know, you know, we get to talking about your accomplishments and things that you do and things that you've done and different things like that. Sometimes, like, I feel like sometimes men can be can be taken aback about that because that's not the type of person that they're used to or that they talk to or that they want to talk to or whatever, which is fine. So I feel like for me, just in talking and dating and different things like that, personally, I feel like it's been kind of hard for me to date and for me to talk to somebody or find somebody that I'm interested in because I feel like sometimes the fact that I'm the type of person, like I'm not ever going to necessarily ask you for anything monetary or different things like that. Like if I'm with you, I like you because of who you are. Like I want you to give me like things that I can't buy, like loyalty, your yes. time, your commitment, monogamy, all yeah. those good things. I mean, gifts and stuff are good, but those are the things that I want. But I think sometimes when men have been become so accustomed to giving those monetary things, and that's not something that they can lead with, I think that's kind of hard for them. Yeah. And then you can't control a woman that got her own money. No. You can't tell okay. her what to do. That's one thing I don't like to be. I don't like to be controlled. Oh, no, me either. I feel like I'm a little tad bit controlling, <laughs> which is something I have to work on. Working on it, too. But... 
for example, I have a friend. She's very successful. I would say at the top of her career, got her own everything going. She doesn't need anything from anybody. However, I remember where she was kind of just dating the field, and she had one guy that he just had like a regular schmegular job, yeah. but he also had a side hustle. But then she also ended up dating somebody that was even more successful than she was, and had all these properties, and just just doing the damn thing. So, I remember one time she asked my advice. I'm like, first off, I don't know why you're asking me. But, whatever. Um, yeah. I got a chance to be around her and the guy that had the regular schmegular job. So, I was like, I really like him. I was like, I think he's a great balance for you. I feel like you way up here. You just a lot. And he is, you know, the one that's going to just mellow you out, which is probably what you need in your life. And she ended up going, not taking my advice, and going with the dude that has all the properties and all the success and blah, blah, blah. Now, listen. Well, he not only had all of that, he had a lot of... Yes, and a lot of baggage to where, needless to say, it ended horribly. And I was just like, were you doing that because you was trying to get someone that was on your level of success or higher? Which, in a way, I mean... She was just kind of judging it from that perspective because the other dude with the regular job, he was cool. Like, I felt like I would have rather been chilling with him in his regular regular job than somebody who has all this mess, all these women. Yeah. You know, just because you want the appearance, I guess. And you got to be careful. Let me tell you something. You got to be careful what you pray for and what you ask for. Because if you want, like, for instance, like, I really want to be with someone that is successful and different things like that. But when you pray certain things or you want somebody that's living a certain lifestyle, you got to take everything that's coming with that. Like, you going to deal with a busy man if you got a successful man. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be really careful about what you're praying for and asking for. But I think as women, we have to stop dimming our light for a man Preach. that is not confident in himself. Sir, I can't help Mm-mm. that you're not confident in who you are and, what, and your abilities. But... And I think sometimes it comes down from, because there are some women that I have seen in situations that, you know, are intimidating, but are intimidating on purpose. You know, that shove that in a man's face or try to make him feel bad. And my thing is, I feel like at the end of the day, like a man should be a man. So I'm never going to demasculate you to make you feel less of a man. Yeah. Period. But you got to already feel like a man. Yeah. You got to already have confidence in what you're doing, because if you're doing everything that you need to do. My success should not have to be dimmed because of your insecurity. It's the male ego. <laughs> Who I am shouldn't have to be dimmed because you are intimidated by who I am. Like, I think dudes that are intimidated by women have female tendencies. That's I the nicest way that I can say it. I don't feel, I haven't had experiences this in my in my life, and I don't necessarily feel like I'm at the successful point that I want to be at. I mean, Me I'm neither. successful I'm to I'm successful to an extent, but it's like for for certain people to already be kind of intimidated by that already, and it's like, dude, I'm not even close or near to where I expect for myself to be. So you ain't the one. Um, <laughs> but it's just weird how it's like, what do you expect from me? I know a lot of women say that they want a man that's established, but what does that necessarily mean? Because you can have a man that's quote-unquote established, but what does that come with? That comes with different things. A lot. Because a man that's established is a man that got less time. A man yep. that's established that you wouldn't shoot with in a gym may got some trust issues. Yep. A man that's established may not have the time that you need for them or may not, you know what I mean? Like, 
there are things that come with everything. Yeah, especially the whole women flocking to them type of thing. Cause oh, that is a- so true. I think men, first of all, I think men are so spoiled because, so somebody I follow on Instagram, sorry to me to cut you off. That's fine. This this guy I follow on Instagram, um, he's cool. We actually went to high school together. Actually, really attractive guy. He was talking about how, just kind of just to say, go off what you were talking about, Lola. He was talking about how, like, going off what we were saying about how it's so easy for men, he was talking about how, like, some women are, like, will devalue themselves and are disrespectful. He posted, like, he blocked the women out, of course. Mm-hmm. But he posted, like, four or five snapshots of what they were saying in his DMs. Oh, my God. Girl, when I tell you, and basically what he was saying, he was like, why would I want to be with you? And this is what you're saying. Like, I kid you not. Like, I, not by him, because he's a really good dude, really respectful dude. But I was so disgusted by what some of the women said. Like, it was just like, keeping it G-rated, it was some of the most disgusting, like, R-rated shit. Like, I was like, why would you even say that? And you don't even know this person. Luckily, this is a good person that wouldn't take advantage of you. So I said all that to say that I think it's so easy for men to get women. It's so easy for men to keep a rotation. First of all, don't be fine. (laughs) Don't be above six feet. And fine. Don't be above six feet and fine and got a job. <laughs> and don't be all three and then smooth at that. Bitch, you got hoes. Yeah. I'm convinced you got hoes. Unless Jesus come to me in a dream and tell me you got hoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true, though. It's like, and I can't stand women that do that because in a, in a way, they make all of us look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, not all women do that. Right. Like, so. Have you, ever, have you ever talked to a dude and he come at you some type of way and you be like, I don't know what Sarah did to you in the past, <laughs> but it ain't that kind of party. When he hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've had that before. And I'm just like, y'all just make us all look bad sometimes. Like, we don't all slide in people's DMs trying to get something for nothing. Like. We don't all reply to your DMs. Let's get that straight. No. Listen, okay, I don't know who this is for, but listen, if you're going to slide in somebody's DM, have some intelligence to say. Please, oh for me, it really bothers me if you start, if you slide, not, a lot of people do not slide in my DMs, but the few people that do. If you're going to slide in someone's DMs, and this is just in general, have something intelligent to say. Don't make it about looks, don't make it se- sexual or anything like that, because that's the quickest way that you're getting blocked and ignored. And that just tells Period. me you sliding in everybody's to see who's going to respond. Like I'm not the one. I'm, like, I'm have something not. to say. I don't think there's anything wrong with sliding people's DMs, but I think it takes a different type of person to slide in there and have a conversation. Because, you know, people have gotten together off DMs. Girl, point them out because I don't trust DMs. I, I really know you don't because Erica Petty, she will send me a DM, a screenshot, and be like, he ain't it. Because <laughs> you asking me, when can we meet? But you, you can't even spell when and you. And I don't know you and it's at 9 a.m. in the morning. Like, sir, that is too early to be asking me anything and it's yeah. a no. Well, and I didn't reply, question. so that's it. that's first off. And this is the second thing that somebody needs to know. <laughs> Do not slide in somebody's DMs during booty call hours. Oh, no. If you slide in my DMs at booty call hours, I'm not answering you and you blocked. If you do not try to talk to me in business hours, which is 8 to 8. Now, 8, 7.30, you're getting kind of close. 
But don't talk to me during blue eyes. I'm not going to reply to you because I don't know what kind of mindset you're in. Guys just do Period. that to get a response anyway. I know They're going to see who. Because you don't even know how many other DMs they into. That's true. Because somebody going to respond. That's why sure. they do it. Because it's worked on somebody. So, you ain't getting me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for this TED Talk with Shelby and Erica. We're trying to help somebody out there. Yes. So, let's help them with our journey. <laughs> Okay, so the journey is where we share with you what we've learned throughout the journey of our blog, All Things Melanin. So, one thing I would like to say that we've learned is to celebrate our small successes. Yes. So, you guys, we reached a thousand on IG! <laughs> yeah, that was exciting. But it was literally a goal that we had written yeah. down. Like, a small goal is, like, we want to reach that number on IG. And, I mean, of course, numbers don't really matter, but it's just setting a goal because yeah. the more content we push out there, the more people will get, um, yeah. th- that will notice us. And so I just feel like it's important to celebrate those small successes. We wrote that down as a goal, like, a month ago. And it happened, yeah. like, it, it happened pretty quickly. But if yeah. you don't take a, take the time to celebrate what you've, the small steps that you have made, then you're going to, you could just, like, get overwhelmed with the big goal that you have. Yeah. You know, you got to recognize, like, people say, stop and smell the roses. It's yeah. the same kind of thing. What do you think? I agree. Um, and the definitely, just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, like, even though it's not about the numbers, it is about the numbers, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So... You've probably heard us say this, and we're going to keep saying this. One of our goals, Eric and I have always had, is to create to create an online community and blog where women of color, hustlers, entrepreneurs, and just really anybody else can be encouraged, motivated, and supported. And the one thing for me that this number, that this number represents is that we are creating that community and hub for people to be encouraged and inspired and for us to do, you know, other things that we want to do. And for us, it's a really a big deal to celebrate this because this is just, first and foremost, this is just affirmation that A, we're on the right track, yep. B, we're doing the right things, and that yep. C, that what we're doing is being received. Are we are we where we want to be? No. no. Are we are we getting there? Are we going there? Yes. yes. And I think the other thing about celebrating the small successes is that it allows us to reflect on what we've done right and what we can improve on. Mm-hmm. It's allowing us to do a check, but it's also giving us the, you know, the function to say, you know, you're doing good. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, like, kind of we've heard us talk about Erica works 9 to 5, I work 9 to 5. Sometimes we are swamped and life gets the best of us. And then, don't get us wrong, we really love doing our blog and podcast, but there are just some days that that is the last thing that we want to do, if we're just being honest. Mm -hmm. Because we would rather sleep or drink wine. (laughs) Or have something stronger. <laughs> but one thing about celebrating the small successes and seeing that is that we see that the days that we sacrifice to do, mm-hmm. you know, the blog or the podcast or to do something when we're tired, it's making sense. Like, we got the nicest message. I'm going to shout you out. Hi, Naomi. <laughs> and Naomi, and she sent us the nicest message. And she was just saying, you know, Thank you so much. Like, I really enjoyed the podcast. This is what I really needed to hear and different things like that. But what she didn't know when she said that was that I needed that confirmation from her or someone. Like, I was having a bad day. Mm -hmm. I was tired. I was exhausted. I was thinking, you know, like, are me and Erica, are we doing everything that we need to do? But for me, her message was confirmation to keep going. Yeah. And it was confirmation that, okay, Shelby, you reach one person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you... 
influenced one person. You and Erica reached one person. You influenced her. What you're doing matters. Celebrate that. Yeah. Celebrate that person. Celebrate what you're pouring into her, to her life. And I think that's why it's important. And I feel like not only that, it um, it also, in a way, is a test of our faith in it. Because are we going to be faithful in the small beginnings, in the small successes? Why was I thinking that? In the, in the one person that sent us a, a, a reply, a message. That's also what it's about, too. Yeah. Because it's not like we're just going to sit over here and just not celebrate until we reach 20 million followers. Like, no. No. It's about, look at the progress. And like you said, this is our little, mm, like, good job. Keep going. You're in yeah. the right direction. Because sometimes it gets tiring. And sometimes you don't know if you're doing a good. Anybody's even listening to us talking to this mic. Like, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, it is that it is so important for whatever you are doing that you stop and celebrate the milestones that you have. Because, of course, we all have the bigger goals. Yeah. But it takes those little stepping stones to get to that bigger goal. Yeah. So, I just feel like, just stop, smell the roses, just celebrate the small successes. That doesn't necessarily have to be in your in your side hustle. That could just be in your everyday life. Like, celebrate the small success that you got up and did your workout this morning. You know, just something to just let you know, like, okay, you're doing good. Keep going. I agree. Yes. So, uh, we'll move on to our mentor moment. And this is a question that we are going to give our advice on. So the question is, Shelby, uh, is it possible to move on from a friendship, a relationship, a career, etc., without closure? Uh, if so, what's your advice? Um, okay, so what I will say, is it possible? Yes. Is it hard? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to tell the high-level version of the story that Erica already knows. Um. I've had like a few situations where relationships and friendships where I've had to move on without closure and it was something that really 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 bothered me so uh, last year probably around this time we all went on a trip (laughs) we went on a girls trip to celebrate um Three of my friends' uh, birthdays. I will say I came back one friend less. Yep. And I was really shocked and surprised because this person has, was, this person was my friend, was my best friend. All throughout high school, we were pretty good friends in college and different things like that. What I will purpose and say is that um, as the years went by, we did grow apart and we didn't talk as much. But it was a friendship that I tried to nurture, that I tried to, you know, keep because this person was a good friend to me in high school. This person had my back in high school. We were, if you saw this person, you saw me. Like, we were just inseparable. Um, Then fast forward, um, I went to an event that this person had. I think that's a good way to put it. (laughs) And... Some events occurred that just honestly weren't cool. And I was just really disappointed in the way they were handled and different things like that. Of course, when I got back, I was upset. My mom was upset. My friends were upset. My friends were livid. But I was like, you know what? This person is a good person. They have a good heart. You know, let me try again. So, you know, I reached out and I tried to salvage the friendship in different ways, like inviting that person on different things and trips and 
different things like that. So fast forward to the part we um, all went on a trip to celebrate some of my friends' um, birthdays and different things like that. Long story short, I won't get into details, but I did leave one friend list. One thing I can say about my friends that I'm really proud about and that I love about them is that they were also friends, the friends that I left with, and that they were really, 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 really supportive of me. Like, my friends are the type of people that, like, they call me out on my shit. Like, they don't just tell me stuff to make me feel good. Like, they're really good friends, and they had my back through the whole thing. One thing I will say, another thing is that I'm not really a confrontational person. I never have been. I, I won't. I never have been. Um, I probably won't ever. For me, I think to give you my energy when you're so negative and you're being a bitch, I feel like, sorry, I feel like that shows more about your character than me. It does. Um, I don't care. For me, I don't care how mad you get at me or what you say to me. I'm never going to disrespect you. I'm never going to yell at you. I'm never going to bitch at you. I'm never going to do those things. And I'm never going to turn on you no matter what you did. I will say after the situation occurred, I felt like I was put in a position where it was like me choosing this friend over another friend when the other friend had honestly just been a bomb friend to me and this person, this other person hadn't been. And I will say that there were a number of things that occurred in the weekend that weren't cool. I will say that I felt like the people that are still my friends, I feel like they were put in a situation that they shouldn't have been put in because of me. And even though they weren't mad at me and they were upset at the person, like one thing about me, it's like you can mess with a lot of people, but I really am really serious about my friends. And because I don't have like necessarily siblings and different things like that, I take my relationships with my friends very, very seriously. So I feel like, it was just one of those things like when your back is against the wall. Long story short, it was just a lot that transpired. But what I will say is that when we fell out, I felt like I never knew this person. And Erica can attest to this. Like some of the things, like anything that I said to this person, like I was never rude. I was never disrespectful. I was never on those things. But like you really learn a person when they're upset with you or they're mad at you and their back is against the wall. And sometimes things come out that you would have never thought that somebody that you loved or had your back, you know, would say or do to you. And so in this situation, this was a situation that I did not get closure on. Um, yeah, I just didn't get it. <laughs> um, I was really, I don't think I really told my friends, but I was really, really upset about it. And it really, really bothered me. For a while until honestly I just got to a point where I just had to pray and be like God I've done all, all I could do I've been the best person that I can and I had to let it go um what I will say is I did pray for this person I wish this I still love this person and I pray that they had their happy ending and they're happily ever after and different things like that so my advice to I told you that story to say that my advice to anybody that has to move on for a friendship relationship or a career, or whatever that has to move on and doesn't receive closure, I think you have to first, my advice would be A, to feel how you feel. Like if you're upset or you want to cry or you want to punch a wall, I feel like you have to find someone that is able to receive what you're saying and not judge you and offer advice. Um, I think that's one of the first things that you have to do. For me, I just, 
I really just had a really deep conversation with it about my mom. My mom, to me at that time, was the only person that I felt like I could just have an honest and open conversation without emotions getting in. I will say that since my friends were there, they were really good about listening to me when I did want to vent and talk about it. But their emotions were already so heightened and they were so pissed off that it probably wouldn't have done any good <laughs> mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have got anywhere. So I would say, A, feel how you're going to feel. B, I really had to pray through that situation for a couple weeks. I'm not going to lie. And in that conversation with God, I journaled, I prayed, and I was like, you know, God, like, what did I do wrong? Or what is this and what is that? And honestly, in my opinion, when I was talking to God, I felt like God told me, he was like, I had to make that happen so that I could show you their character. And I could show you that. That wasn't for you anymore. One thing that I have been praying for is discernment in my relationships and discernment in the people that I have around me. And sometimes you have to move on without closure. And sometimes situations happen because those things or people or careers are not for you anymore. Sometimes God has to make something so dramatic happen so that you'll get the picture and move on. That's the second thing that I would say. And the third thing I would say is just pray about it and be honest about your feelings. Like sometimes we, we pray these little pity prayers to God like God don't really know that we cussing a person out in our head. Like get get your life. Like be honest about it. Like I really had to get honest and pray to God and tell him how I really felt. And I felt like once I got that out and I was honest with myself, then I could forgive that person and move on. And then the last thing that I would say is that as long as you did everything that you knew how to do, and you know your character, and you know that you were right, and you own up to what you did if you did anything. Like, there's nothing left to say because I can only, I can only be cognizant of what I do and the energy that I put out and what I say and what I do. But I, I have no control over you, your actions, your thoughts, and your movements, if that makes sense. So I'm not responsible for you being a bad person or having a bad attitude and for you not owning up to what you did. I'm only responsible for me. So for me, I had to take care of myself mentally, emotionally. And then I had to honestly just be thankful for the friendships that I did have that were amazing. The relationships that I did have that were amazing or the career that I did have that was amazing. So I know that was a long answer, but that's what I got. (laughs) I think that a lot of the times, whatever we're attached to, we expect it to end a certain way. If we're attached to this friendship, we don't obviously we don't expect it to end traumatically or a horrible way. We expect it if it does end, you have a reason why. Or same with the job. You don't expect to maybe get fired or lay off laid off. That's the biggest non closure right there. But I feel like we kind of train ourselves to try to expect a closure from something. And a lot of the times you will never know why. That you may you can make up all kind of reasons on why this happened, why we're not friends anymore, why did this man leave me type of thing. There's a lot of times you will never understand. It won't make sense until later. I've had to learn this lesson very hard because uh, I didn't have any closure in my last relationship. Still don't have closure in it. It was just something that I had to let go of, and I couldn't understand why. It was very very hurtful, but I. The only way that I was able to let it go was asking God for to be able to let it go. But also, he let me know, um, you know, why he had me in this part of my life. And so once I felt I got some understanding about that, 
then I was able to let it go. But you don't necessarily have to have closure from a person. You don't have to sit down with their ex and be like, this is what happened. You don't have to sit down with your old job and be like, this is what happened. Most of the time that is life and you literally just have to let it go. If you don't let it go, it will be toxic to you in your life and you'll never be able to move on to the next phase or what's better. Because let me tell you something, whatever you lost, whatever friendship you lost, whatever career you've lost, there is something much better yeah. than you could have ever imagined on the other side. But if you are still hung up on what didn't close right or yes, whatever, yeah. then you will never move on to that point. And it's so hard. I'm talking like it's easy, but it's not because yeah. I go through this all the time. Like not having closure on certain things. It really yeah. is hurtful. It is. But who are we to say, well, we need closure from this in order for me to move on? Sometimes that person will never apologize. Are yeah. you still just going to hold a grudge towards them? Yeah. So... For me, I've lost many friendships yeah. that just ended, like, literally me just not talking to you ever again. Yeah. And those were hurtful, but it's like my life has gotten better because of that. So yeah. if we sit and wait for an explanation then that we're never going to get. And even if you then, got it, it probably wouldn't be what you want. It's not going to be what you want, and you're going to be stuck. So what sense does it make to just stick to that old friendship that you know you need to let go of? And a lot of the times you know, like, okay, it's time for this to just let it go. So that would be my advice, is you just don't rely on having closure. It's part of life. You have to be able to get the strength to actually let it go and just realize that a lot of the times it's not going to make sense right now. Yeah. But in the end, it's going to make sense. I agree. And just to piggyback off what you said, um, anything that I've lost, I've gained so much more. And I think that when you're losing things in your life or you feel like you need closure, like pay attention to the things that you're praying for and praying about. Cause sometimes God makes those things happen in a way that you didn't think yeah. that they were going to happen. Sometimes it's not about, it's not always about getting the closure. It's about having the experience. It's about maybe finding out that that person isn't for you. Maybe it's about God forcing you out of that career that you didn't want to leave. Maybe yep. it's about exposing that family member that ain't been real from the get-go. You yep. know? Like, mm-hmm. sometimes we forget that when we have traumatic things that happen to us in our life, it's not about us. It's about God advancing us because he has to give us a sign that we can't ignore. Because if he give us a little petty sign, we'll be like, oh, that went for us. Oh, they didn't mean it. Oh, that was cute. You know what I mean? Yep. So pay attention like I know sometimes like Erica said it's so hard sometimes to go through different situations and not have closure like I get it like y'all I have felt like all down out horrible about you know some situations or people or different things like that but it was necessary to develop my character to, to develop me as a person because you have to realize that everybody can't go where you're going and you can't stay where you are if you're going to be better. So sometimes God has to force these traumatic situations to occur to get your attention. And I think that we got to learn how to pay attention to the message so we don't have to learn that lesson again or we don't have to be hurt again. I feel like as long as you got closure with God and you got peace with God, that's all that matters. Exactly. And I think we can leave them with some words of encouragement on that one. Listen, that was therapy today. I don't know if that was therapy for you. But before we pray y'all on out, um, we definitely want to say thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like it. If you know someone that needs to be encouraged, share the podcast with them. Also, if you have questions that you want to submit, slide into our DMs and let us know. So our words of encouragement come from Luke 11, 9 through 10. 
So if I say to you, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. When I read that Bible verse, to me, it really just tells me that you really, really have to lean on God in everything that you do. Like, if you want something, like, ask God. Mm -hmm. Keep on asking him. Keep on praying. Keep on talking. Be consistent in what you're asking. Like, I really feel like if you're asking God for something specific and he placed it on he places that on your on your heart. He's eventually he's eventually gonna allow that to come to pass. He's eventually gonna allow that to happen. Um, and I think he's also saying, you know, just keep on looking, keep on doing what you're doing, keep on seeking what you want to do and what you want to be out of life, and you'll find it. And God will eventually open that door. For me, I think that sometimes when we ask God, we come to God with these little bitty baby prayers that um, aren't big enough that aren't good enough and honestly that aren't sincere because I feel like sometimes we be trying to play God and we must don't know that God knows everything about us. Yeah. Like, have you ever thought about maybe it's not coming to pass because A, that's not for you. Or maybe it's not coming to pass because you playing little and God is trying to play big. Like, I think that we have to get to a point in our faith and a point in our life where we have to go before God and wholeheartedly just lay it out. Like, honestly, sincerely, give him everything that we've got. But when we give him and we ask of him to, you know, make things happen or for discernment or different things like that, we have to be ready to receive that and we have to be in a state that is honest and faithful and different things like that. I feel like you have to ask firmly, believe in what you're asking, believe, and then you'll receive. And what I struggle with sometimes is knowing that maybe some little, what I may think is insignificant, God actually cares about that. Yeah. So if you're like, God, I'm just really struggling with this. And you may think, well, God got other stuff he could be doing. It doesn't matter. He cares about every little thing that concerns you. So for anyone who doesn't want to ask him something because you don't think it's important enough or whatever, ask. He cares about everything that concerns you. So that's what I had to learn. I'll ask anything. Sometimes I won't. I'll just be like, okay, God, I'm not gonna ask you anything today. I'm just gonna sit here. But tomorrow I'm gonna ask you something else. Balance, yes, balance. So I think that was great. Yeah. I'm gonna ask, believe, and receive in okay. Jesus' name. <laughs> let's pray. Yes. Stay <laughs> ahead. Close your eyes. If you're driving, just sway with it and go with it. Um, Erica's gonna pray us on that with the word. Dear God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for every voice that tuned into our podcast or sorry every listening ear that turned into a podcast we know that these words come from you we know that the desires of our hearts come from you and I ask that anybody who is maybe feeling like whatever they have that's concerning them is insignificant that you would just open up their heart and let them know that they can talk to you about anything they can ask you anything they can believe in you for anything and we just thank you for your protection today God and anybody who may be feeling like they need closure on something. We ask that you would just give them the peace to know that they can move on because you are right there walking beside them and you are leading them and you are protecting them. And we ask that in Jesus' name that you will bless everyone under the sound of our voices for this week and that they will have a great remainder of the day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.